Okay, so I also mentioned one of our topics, and, and I know our guest is on the line, so I don't want him, I don't want them to take offense. But initially, when you look at this, it's it's kind of it seems like it would be a dry topic, assessing digital transformation and the government of Canada. But it's not when you look at the reality of it because of the number of services that are provided through the government of Canada. So many things are through a digital portal these days. Is government of Canada doing it very well? Well, in other words, could they do it a lot better? It would certainly seem so. So uh, out of Toronto Metropolitan University, this is the manager of economic research at the dais. His name is Viet Vu. It was part of a, of a group who looked into this digital transformation and just how fast or slow the government is and getting on board with more modern ways of delivering services. Viet Vu, thank you so much uh, for taking time this morning. How are you? I'm good. Thanks very much. And look, if you think it was dry reading it, imagine writing it. <laughs> <laughs> but but and you know what? Like I said, initially, and then I went through, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, there's an awful lot that the government needs to do or would do. So give us an idea. When you went through and you, and you, and you were doing this study, what is the status of digital uh, delivery of services with the government of Canada? If you had to grade them, where are we at? Yeah, I mean, it's it's not actually me who create these things, right? The United Nations actually rank every single country on how well its governments are doing in terms of digital transformation. Mm-hmm. And Canada used to lead the pack. We used to be sixth in the world in 2003, about two decades ago. Yeah. And, and by 2022, we've actually fallen to the 32nd. Uh, uh, and so we've really fallen quite incredibly in the past 20 years. And if you just take a stock at, at all the services that the federal government is providing, it's just about one in five that's available in any form online right now. And so 80% of the time, people interact with the government, it happens through pen and paper. And snail mail and sending it through Canada Post and all these kind of things, which is, which in, in, in our world today seems uh, unimaginable. So why? And, and that's, that's a really great question. And, and the reasons that we've sort of uh, uh, discovered is hinges on sort of three main factors. But ultimately, it comes down to the fact that currently there is no culture of digital in government. Look, if, if in the federal government, every time a project comes through, there's a person that asks, how do we deliver the service digitally? Who actually owns it? Is there capacity to build that? Do they have the talent to build these services in-house? Do they even track how much they spend? The, the Parliamentary Budget Office, the PBO, recently released a report that literally concluded that, hey, we actually have no idea how much the, the government is currently spending on digital project right now. And so that culture has to start at the top, both from a political and bureaucratic perspective. So is it a matter we just have a whole bunch of old school bureaucrats who just don't understand it, so they just outsource what they can, and uh, and other than that, just let it, well, we'll get to it. I think that's, while that's part of the problem, the key is that there is no coherence when it comes to talking about this issue in government, right? Look, every department seems to come up with its own solution, or every single department has to use the exact same solution. And given the complexity of operating a government, 
you kind of have to start from a place where you talk about digital using the exact same language, yet allow for flexibility to adapt your, your actual application, the specific software that you might be using, through this common platform to ensure that a, a good amount of service is being delivered to Canadians. Uh, who, who gets hurt by this more than anything? I, I, there are probably an awful lot of people who are used to dealing with it the old way. But, you know, this is a huge country, and sometimes this online delivery of services is the only way people in more remote areas can do something in a, in a relatively timely manner. That's exactly it. And I think we've seen many examples in, in the past, particularly through the pandemic, when the government was forced to deliver so much of their services through online ways, right? Whether that be things like the emergency response benefits, actually interacting with CIA through an online application, or the, the chaos that we might have seen with a lot of people renewing their passports. I'm sure you've stood in the same line as I did um, in the, the, the Service Canada office when that mess was happening. But particularly for folks in rural areas, there is an additional challenge that we need to consider, which is that Canada is actually not a universally connected country. So we're not actually even starting in a place that rural folks don't even have access to government services online. They don't have access to online in general. And so the government certainly also has a role in ensuring that access to these online services the one in five, is actually consistent across the country as well. Well, something else that was raised on our text line by one of our listeners this morning, Lonnie, says, you know, and keep in mind there are some people who can't afford Internet, uh, you know, because you know, depending on the service you're getting, you're 50, 75, 100 bucks a month, and for some people in low income, they just simply can't afford it. So as part of that, being able to have a portal in a variety of communities across the country that can be more of a public portal, almost like an Internet cafe for online services that people can come in and use. Absolutely. And, and competition is also certainly a big issue there, right? We, I think, certainly know that the issue with the, the oligopolistic sort of competition within the telecommunication companies. And to give the federal government credit, they are looking into revamping its competition policy. But there are many, many issues at play here as well. Uh, talking this morning with Viet Vu out of the uh, uh, Toronto Metropolitan University. You've been looking at this digital transformation. So as you've gone through, and like you said, the, uh, the UN has mentioned that we're way behind well, <laughs> expansion a lot, so maybe a bunch of other countries have just caught up and done it faster. But so what do we what do we have to do and how expensive is that going to be? I know you haven't gone through and done a full budget analysis, for example, but if you can give us an idea in order to to get up to speed, what's it gonna take and what's it gonna cost? It will sound simple, but it'll be incredibly hard to do. It starts with the people. Um, we need to get the best talent working in government, and we need to be empowering those talent. And what that means, right, is, is everything, starting from pay, that, that pay in technology jobs in government has to be competitive with private sector. And once those tech talents are in government, they actually need to have ownership through technology processes to drive those conversations at the highest level. And without that we might not be able to catch up. <laughs> Pretty basic, isn't it? It sounds like, but yeah, you're right. And it could, changing an entire culture, especially within a bureaucracy, which is an entirely different kettle of fish, especially within a bureaucracy, can be, can be very difficult. Any hope that that's going to happen? Well, I don't think we have much choice, do we? Well, <laughs> the no, world man, is no we can keep so. doing snail mail, man.
It'll be great. I'll get. We'll get an answer <laughs> and, back and in six pay weeks. Our CRA bills while standing in line at Canada Post. Absolutely. Sounds like Shangri-La. I, I mean, seriously, right? Yes. Um, is that the world is moving online, and and the government of Canada certainly has a choice of uh, being left behind or catching up and meeting people where they're at. Uh, Viet Vu, thanks so much for your time this morning. Really appreciate it. Thanks and so yes, much. you brought you brought what could be a dry subject to life because it is important. And that's the important thing to look past some of the things. You, it's kind of like math. Oh, math. Yeah, well, you know, two plus two. And he adds it a lot. So thank you so much for your time this morning. Thanks for having me. All right, take care. Have a good day. Uh, Viet Vu is out of Toronto Metropolitan University looking at the digital transformation, or I guess in some ways you could look at the lack of a, of a full-scale digital transformation within the government of Canada. And, you know, I'm sure more than a few of you will go, yeah, well, bureaucracy, it moves slower than the biggest ship on the planet. Uh, let's start spinning the wheel, and maybe we'll move in about 10, 15 years.